You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. We have talked a lot about on our show about a lot of geek culture, everything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to comics that we like and so on. But we're going to talk about something that can be considered a little bit of geek culture of its own. And that is the great sport of college football. And we are going to specifically discuss about who's going to win the NCAA football championship and who is the greatest college football coach of all time. This episode is primarily for beginners. So even if you have no idea what college football is about, we'll be happy to share our knowledge of our fandom of being a college football fan. And we'll do our best to describe everything that's coming up in the future as well as far as college football. Welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode 30. We are priests of the geeks, not in the sense that we are ordained or anything like that, but we are, the, we are in the biblical sense of being mediators. This is not some kind of Trojan horse trap, but we are real geeks looking to explore the theological and philosophical implications in things we love. Big shout out to Ethan Overcash. He is our most recent listener to subscribe over on Patreon, where you guys can get some bonus episodes, some live D&D action, all kinds of great stuff. So be sure to go over there, join Ethan, and just have a good time with us. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Ethan. You are the man. Now, before we get into this, a little introductions of ourselves. Um, I'm Dan Stoyer, a.k.a. Superfan Dan. Um, host and producer of the Finish Last podcast and uh, something geeky I've done recently. Um, I'm going to stick to the college football since this, that's what we're talking about. Um, I've actually been to the College Football Hall of Fame in uh, South Bend, Indiana. And if you like college football, it is just as awesome as it sounds. There is literally everything there from the first football that was used in a game through the progression of how it became so popular. And of course, there's a little area where you can do agility drills, kick field goals, and pretend you're a good quarterback, which I know I'm not, but I can I can think I am. Nice. Very nice. I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth-year biblical study student at North Greenville University. And I I actually I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee, not Grand Cherokee, the Jeep Patriot. I forget what I drive. Uh, it is a dark red, like a garnet color. And part of the deal when I got it was I had them include like a pinstripe gold FSU arrow along the nice. side on both sides. So that's my geeky thing today. <laughs> go Knowles. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of go Knowles, uh, when I say Knowles, I'm talking about the Florida State Seminoles. Because this is for beginners. We'll let you guys know that is the greatest team of all time. Um, in, in college football, there isn't opinions. Just know that that's the truth. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding with you guys. But now it is time to talk football. Uh, and first thing, Dan, could you explain what are the playoffs in college football? The NCAA F, uh, F stands for football. And maybe give our listeners a little basic info on both of these two teams that are playing tonight. Oh, well, I'm excited for the game. Um, but before this playoff even existed, I think, what is it, like five, six years old maybe, um, they used to play the season, and then they'd have things like the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, all those bowls that people might have heard of before if you haven't 
been recognized to football and they play all their games and then they would vote on a national champion. And sometimes the teams wouldn't even play each other. Then they created the BCS, which took, which is the bowl championship series. And they basically took a formula. It looked like a geeky math guy just went to town (laughs) and your wins, your losses, the amount of times you won against good teams, how you won was all put into this formula. And the two teams that had the lowest number or had the best numbers to this formula played for the national championship. Now they have four teams and they play all the games. They have 12, 13 games a season and they pick four teams to battle it out in the college football playoff. I still think it needs more, but <laughs> that's that's oh, yeah. a very hit or miss topic for a lot At of least people. 16. But yeah, right now they have four. And uh this year it was Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati, and uh Michigan. And to no one's surprise, Alabama and Georgia won both games pretty easily. They are stacked with lots of professional talent. At least that's going to be drafted to the next level, I think. And uh, Alabama is like the big brother who just owns everything and has everything he wants. He's They've won six championships since 2009, so they are a dominant program. And the best way I can describe Georgia is that they – are always on the cusp of doing something good. And then at the end, they kind of lose it at the end, unfortunately. So hopefully this year they get it all together and win their first championship since 1981. What do you think, Josh, of this game coming up, as well as your thoughts of the playoff as well? Oh, man. So I love the playoffs. Uh, fun fact, in case anybody didn't know, uh, the last team – to win the BCS before we had playoffs was the Florida State Seminoles. Um, listen, I'm just going to bring it up as much as I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I like the playoffs. I do think they need more. Um, and for those who, who don't follow it closely um, and want to just kind of understand the weight of all this, uh, just like in pro football, you're either a Patriots fan or you're everyone else and just want the Patriots to lose. <laughs> or if you're watching baseball, you're either a Yankees fan or you're everyone else and just want the Yankees to lose. In college football, you're either an Alabama fan or you're everyone else and you just want Alabama to lose. <laughs> Which is where I'm at. I just want Alabama to lose. I don't even hate them or anything. I'm just tired of seeing the same teams <laughs> in the championship and winning. I mean, I'm Go the ahead. same exact way, Josh. I'm getting to the point where enough's enough and i'm in the same boat i wish there was more teams in the playoff i think every conference there's lots of conferences depending on the region you're in it'd be nice if anyone that won a conference would be in the playoff and i'm a big florida state fan too as well and we'll talk about that later but um i'm a big wisconsin fan as well i mean if you ever been to wisconsin football game even if you don't know what's going on the the most fun you have is just being in the stands and singing all the songs we sing. We do Fireflies by Owl City. We sing uh, Pick Me Up Buttercup. Um, and then our big tradition is at the start of the fourth quarter, we all jump around. We play the song Jump Around, and we literally jump around <laughs> for about Very a minute nice. straight. And then at the end of the game, there's something called the fifth quarter where the entire band goes on the field for 15 minutes and plays polkas and songs. And you're basically dancing with everyone in the crowd. And it's just a blast. But so some of those traditions are, are the best part. I, I know I grew up and my mom was going to Florida State. So I grew up 
on campus there while Chris Winkie was the quarterback who is just one of the all-stars of Florida state history. And, you know, my, my mom met him. It was a whole ordeal. And one of my favorite things was always when we would play a turf game where we'd go somewhere else and we'd say, we'd basically bet turf where if we won, we would cut out a part of their, uh, their field and bring it back with us and plant it in our training field. And it was just so cool when the team came back with the turf and they're just like raising it up as they come out of the bus. It's just fantastic (laughs) times. I mean, it's fun where some of those things come from, but I'm glad they stick around. It's a, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Now for this game tonight, I am going to have a prediction. Um, I really want Georgia to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. If I had to bet my house, which I just got a house by the way with my wife, so I'm not going to bet on it. But that's, if, I, if I had to bet my house, I would say um, Alabama wins 35 to 24 because they have the better coach and they also have the Heisman win, winner in their quarterback. And the Heisman is basically the best player. So, for example, like World of Warcraft, I am terrible at that game. Like, I know I would be. <laughs> but, like, if I was put in a party where I was with someone experienced and they were telling me what to do, that's basically what Nick Saban is. He tells you what to do, and he helps you win the game and finish what you got to do. So, hopefully I'm wrong. So, I'm going to say go dogs <laughs> for today. I, I'm going to be an optimist today. Um First, I think it's a lot of fun that our listeners are listening to this the morning after the game. So you guys know who was right or wrong and how wrong or right we were. I'm giving it to the Bulldogs. Um, I think they consistently played better than Bama all year. Um, The the one caveat is, as Dan said, Nick Saban is hard to beat. Regardless of how good or bad his team is, he is just a smart coach. He knows how to call the plays. I'm still going to give it to Georgia, though. I'm going to go 28-21 Georgia. All right. So so we'll have on record whoever is right for the rest of eternity. So we'll see what happens. 50-50 shot. And honestly, I'm kind of nervous about calling it that high of a game. Um, Georgia's defense is crazy. So I do think this could turn into a defensive game. But that would be a boring championship. So I'm hoping they don't let that happen. (laughs) Yeah, because I remember when... This was a while ago, but when Alabama played Louisiana State in the championship and the final score was nine to six. I mean, even yeah, I had to yeah. turn that off. I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. And it's like, oh, it's kind of like one of those filler episodes in anime where you like the show, but the episode is like, why does this exist? So hopefully this game is entertaining as it should be. So I'm, I'm just so excited to see what happens tonight. Oh, yeah. I um. I'm I'm trying to look something up. I have a few teams. Yeah, here it is. That I just can't stand. Um, <laughs> as a Florida State fan, some of them are natural. You know, Florida Gators. We hate them. Uh, Miami. We kind of have like a brotherly hate thing. Uh, my biggest hate one really is Clemson. And I just like to throw out that one of the biggest losses of bowl game history was when they had, it was just a few years ago, I actually got to watch this, like, live. Because usually when the bowl games are going on, you have to pick and choose your games. I don't always get to watch. Right. I watched the start to finish. West Virginia stomped Clemson, like, 70 to 33. And that's only because West Virginia pulled out their starters near the end. 
it would have been much worse. <laughs> they were gunning for the worst loss of all time until that happened. <laughs> hey, man, if we're going along the train of teams we don't like, I, I'm a big Florida State guys fan as well, too. But I'm also a big Wisconsin fan. Go Bucky. Um, <laughs> I would say it's whenever this team is on, I call them the evil empire. And that's Ohio State. It's, oh, you know, I can see that. But I, I, uh, so like, Urban Meyer was a yeah Florida Gators coach first, and then he went over there. Yep. And there was one game they played us where they tried to sneak an extra man on the field. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's a Gator for you. So I guess I'll just double down and say that's a Buckeye for you. I mean, that's what they do. They take all the <laughs> oh, five-star yeah. recruits. Like, I think <laughs> when they played each other last, I, I think Wisconsin maybe had one five-star recruit. And I think Ohio State had about yeah. – 40 or 50, four to five star recruits. So, I mean, Wisconsin, all we have is a bunch of big guys that know how to block and we <laughs> like to run the ball a lot with a big guy. Like our running back this year is actually 17 years old and he could oh. bench press like 525 pounds or some ridiculous numbers. So, I mean, he's a lot of fun to watch, but uh, yeah, Ohio, yeah that's State the most fun. Ohio State and I do not get along very well, especially when they say, like, even if you're not a football fan, you probably heard, like, I went to the Ohio State University. God, like, it's that just is a just snobbish attitude. Which which is also why I don't like Clemson. Every, every game I've been to where Clemson <laughs> fans show up, they are just too obnoxious. They're, like, way too into it. <laughs> and they're, they're not kind about it most of the time. Now, I do know some really kind Clemson fans. If you're listening, I love you guys. You're still my brothers in Christ. Just get better taste. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that being said, I, I do want to talk about Nick Saban. Like you you mentioned, Alabama won six championships recently, mm-hmm. all with Saban. He's won one before them, which means he has, as a coach, he's won more championships than any other coach. Before we get into, does that make him the best coach or not? I believe, Dan, you had a trivia question you want to ask everybody along the same lines. Oh, yes. So Josh and I were talking about this, and I actually asked this to Josh, and he couldn't get it. And if I'm honest, when I saw this question for the first time, I could not get it. So this is tough for us, but um, we're going to have a post on our Facebook page, or you can email us at systematicecology at gmail.com with your answer to this question. So I'm going to give the question and give a couple clues as well to this question. Um, Give me a sec here. Okay. So the question is which team or which university in this case, since it's college football, which college football team has the most championships in their history. And now here are the clues. Their last championship, which this surprised me when I saw it because it blew my mind. Um, their last college football championship was actually way, way back to the 1927, which college football has been around nice. for over 150 years. So their last championship was 1927. And here's the second clue. They are an Ivy League school. So which college football team has the most college football championships? Um, They are an Ivy League school, and their last title was in 1927. And the third clue is they've won 18 of them. So have fun with that. If you have the answer, go to Facebook on our Facebook page or go to systematicgeekology at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, what we're going to do is everyone who gets it correct, we're going to assume the honor rule. No one Googled it or looked it up. 
everyone who got it correct will be entered to a raffle. Someone's getting a free T-shirt and we will announce. We'll probably announce a few winners on the show of who actually got this one, because this was a tough one. Um, That being said, though. So, yeah, Nick Saban's won seven national championships. Which is more than any other coach. However, uh, the coaches who have won the most games have been was uh, Joe. Why can't I remember his name? Joe Patino. Joe Patino. Am I saying that right? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, it's Joe Paterno. Yeah, I Joe know Paterno. that because I was Wisconsin trying to always like, plays Penn right. State. Yeah, yeah. Joe Paterno of Penn State, and then naturally Bobby Bowden of Florida State University. Um, if you're wondering, Nick Saban is more than a hundred. He's like 120 games behind Bobby Bowden. Uh, if he retires at the same age as Bobby, he can't lose another game to catch up. He would have to win out his entire rest of his career. <laughs> Why, though, did Bobby have so many less championships? That has to do with your conference you're in, right? Um, mm-hmm. Bobby Bowden started at Florida State in the ACC when the ACC meant nothing in football. Like They were absolutely nothing. Clemson would have never made it into any of these championships they've been in recently if Bobby Bowden didn't basically make the entire conference. Yeah. Um when also would have helped Bobby if they had was a doing field goal thing. kicker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a few times that really that really messed us up. We missed a field goal right at the last second. So there's that if you ever want to just get on a Florida State fan's nerves, just say wide left. <laughs> They'll know what you mean. I promise. Yeah. It's a lot um, of pain. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, when Bobby started, he got Florida State into the ACC. And then made the ACC good enough where it went. In fact, the ACC is set up where there's two different sides. And, you know, the winner of both sides goes into the ACC championship. And then the winner of that goes on. Uh, Florida State came in with Miami. It was our, like, brotherly rivalry team. And both of these teams were so much better than the other teams that they actually had to put us on other sides so that we would be the ACC championship. And now that's funny because neither of us are in the championship, ACC championship. Go figure. But that's what Bobby Bowden did. He built a program from nothing. Um, he was offered to have the Florida State join the SEC, refused to do it unless Miami could come with them, which I still question that decision, um, which is another reason he didn't get a lot of these championships. Uh, then he was offered the job at Alabama before Nick Saban was and turned it down because he said, I made this program from nothing and I'm sticking with it. So that's why Bobby Bowden has less championships. Uh, He could have made those decisions though, right? He could have stepped up to the other conference. He could have done all these other things and he might've had those championships. So is part of that decision-making, does that make Nick Saban smarter, better coach? Maybe Uh, Joe Paterno has even more wins than Bobby Bowden. But he has some moral issues that, yeah, <laughs> that are kind of oh questionable. Um, he's been what, what was what? Ex, do you know exactly what it was he was accused of? I know it had to do with an assault with a student. Yeah, well, there's a well. That's that's one of the stories. But the sad story, and I'm sure you've heard this name because it was a really big news story when it came out. Was Jeff Sandusky and uh, all this stuff that was going on with children and it was just messed up and apparently joe paterna knew about it and swept it under the rug like he wasn't directly involved but he didn't do anything about it either so um it's crazy because he was considered like a god in penn state he had a statue he was iconic there'd be people in the stands dressed like him 
And then to see that guy fall as far as he did just shows us that we are only as good as we are from one day to the next if we just rely on our own power. But it was just a crazy domino effect. But yeah, it was how legacy can be from a good thing to a very bad thing really quick. Oh, yeah. So in summary, for these three coaches, uh, Joe Paterno, uh, he won games. Uh, he cared about the students, but he also would look the other way if he thought it would help mm-hmm. him win games. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Saban, if you don't know, he just straight up removes people's scholarships if they're not winning so that he can give it to someone else who is winning. He is kind of like a cold machine. He will do what it takes to win championships. That's yeah. it. That is his goal when he wins. If he wins tonight, when he's asked about it, all he's going to say is, I missed recruiting. We need to start working on the next championship. He will not get excited. He won't celebrate. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just who he is. He's a machine that is designed to win championships. Bobby Bowden was all about relationships with the kids. Um, part of why we're bringing it up, too, is Bobby Bowden passed this year, and I'm still sad about it. <laughs> but I was looking it up. I don't know if you knew this, Dan. This was kind of cool. Okay. Uh, back back in the day, back before this kind of stuff, when this kind of stuff was acceptable, Bobby Bowden, part of his recruiting thing is he would ask parents, send a letter, and ask them if he could bring their kids, the students, to two different church services. He said, I just want them to go with me hmm. twice. So he would bring every recruit to church at least two times. Okay. Wow. Ever, did you ever hear that? I I'd only I only came across it when I was researching this, and I was like, I've, I've never heard that story. But uh, I mean, he I mean, Bobby Bowden was such a down to earth, cool guy. And you might be wondering, I've I've lived in Wisconsin all my life, and I said, Dan, how in the world can you be a Florida State fan when you're like what twelve hundred miles away from the campus? And I got I'm family down curious. there. I got an uncle down there in Tallahassee. And uh, when I was seven, so this is why it had a big imprint. Um, when I was seven, I got to meet a majority of the players and give high fives. And some of them were just huge, by the way. I remember that. And then I got to go into Bobby Bowden's office where they had all the trophies. So they had the Blockbuster Bowl. Yes, the Blockbuster Bowl was a thing for uh, <laughs> college bowl nice. games. And uh, then they had the National Championship Trophy, which... Now, I mean, it still looks cool, but back in the day, it used to be on this pedestal, and there was this $25,000 glass crystal that looked like a football. What? And Oh, oh that, yeah, okay. I didn't know how much that, those were that, worth. You could, you could actually take the football off of the trophy and, like, hold it. And I went, oh, it's so cool. And then I actually got to sit in Bobby Bowden's desk. So I get to see the football what? field. And then all of a sudden, I'm, like, looking around, and all of a sudden, you hear – Who's that daggum kid sitting in my chair? And Bobby Bowden walked in. <laughs> and I have a picture somewhere in my house that in, in the photo album somewhere that's me as a seven-year-old next to Bobby Bowden. And he treated me like he was one of he treated me like I was a grandkid. Just like, hey, it's so good to see you. Oh, so thank you for coming on down. You're gonna play for me when you get older, right? And and all that. <laughs> and I like how you brought up how he doesn't have too many championships because of the stuff he does. But um, I know the year after they beat um, Virginia Tech and they played Oklahoma in the championship, um, their best receiver was caught doing something bad. I can't remember the exact story, but Bobby Bowden didn't hesitate and suspended him for the game. And that was their best receiver. And the year before that, Peter Warwick, the Heisman guy that was going to win college football player of the year, he got suspended two games because of a mistake he made. And what I've seen with 
schools nowadays is I've seen the same thing with Alabama where like I think a guy threw a punch during a game or something happened off the field and since they were a star player they were only sat out like two quarters or a quarter and then they were allowed to go back in yeah. so Bobby Bowden was so morally obligated or he felt morally obligated to respect the game and to discipline his players to the point of where it would risk him championships and games that he could have won with those players, which I think speaks of his high integrity. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he always, he always had the kids in mind first. Um, I remember there were games where he refused to let someone play because they were going to the NFL next. And he was like, you're going to get injured. We're pulling you now. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was thinking about their future more than he was thinking about that current game. Um, I actually, my dad used to fly to work in South Carolina back and forth when we lived in Florida. Yeah. Uh, we lived in Tallahassee. My mom went to school there. Uh, I think I already mentioned that. Um, but my dad, he, because of his frequent flyer miles or whatever, he had a first class ticket and somehow they mixed up and Bobby Bowden was going to have to sit in the back. And my dad tried so hard to get him to take the first class things and Bobby just refused. <laughs> and that's just that's just the guy he is. And, you know, um, Dan was talking about, say, that dadgum kid. That is like that's his saying is that he goes that dadgum. And if anybody ever wants to just give me a gift of any of our listeners, there are shirts out there that says dadgum legend and has his signature on it. I would absolutely die for that. So just consider sending me and Dan shirts that say dadgum legend. Um <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I was going to bring that up later, but I'll bring it up later as well, because that's actually one of my favorite websites to get shirts. Oh, man. So good. But um, yeah, so I think we have a clear indicators of who we think the best coach is. Let me say this. I think if you're trying to win championships, Nick Saban's the best coach. If you're trying to win games, Joe Paterno is the best coach. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to care for people's futures and the students, Bobby Bowden was the best coach. <laughs> Rest in peace, coach. Rest in peace. Oh, man. What That's a dad gum legend. So sad. <laughs> what a dad gum legend. <laughs> oh, man. So now one thing, when we're talking about football and church, you either get the whole where people have shirts that say Jesus football and beer or something. And that's all I need. You know, you have those like cute little Southern shirts around here, which whatever. Or a lot of times you'll hear pastors kind of criticize people who are mm. huge football fans for being like idol worship or for being divisive or angry over tribes. Like how I'm like, oh, it's a Clemson fan. Let's just hit them real quick. Key their car. I'm joking when I say that, but some people aren't. So my question is, are these fair criticisms, Dan? Um, I mean, just like anything, it depends on the person, um, of course, because I mean, what was funny is I grew up in an assembly of God church where people were very vocal, very, uh, running down the aisles kind of thing, raising their hands. And at the same time, I went to a Baptist school where we were like rigid boards in chapel and couldn't clap, couldn't do anything like that. But what was funny is the people that were like, uh, rigid boards in the service and very respectful and wearing suit and tie at a college football game. They were like a completely different person, <laughs> like yelling at the ref, getting yelling at the opposing team and just, um, yeah. And I, I, and there was a recent documentary because like I said, college football is over 150 years old and ESPN had something called 150 college football documentary. It might be online somewhere, 
maybe on YouTube, I'm not sure. But I'm sure it's somewhere out there. But they actually had a whole 10, 15 minute segment of one of the episodes about how there are people out there that actually label college football a religion because um, the field is like the pulpit. That's where we watch what's going on. There's people that dress up in garb, like your team or your or your um, face paint or whatever, whatever you do in Wisconsin, we put on a piece of cheese on our heads. So we do that too, as well as just singing songs throughout the game, like worship in, in a church. And it can get to the point where that can take over our life and and as much as I love college football, it's not the end all be all. So depending on the situation, I think there are some fair criticisms on how people take it to a whole nother level that's unhealthy, especially if it affects your relationship with your spouse or especially your kids is a big one with that. I don't know if you have anything to add, Josh, to what I just said, but it's it's a touchy topic for some people. Yeah, I... <sighs> This was actually, it's a challenging one for me. I'm going to let you guys yeah. know that I don't have a good answer here. I'm just going to throw out this challenge. I'll let you know I'm challenging myself too. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I like having the thing on the side of my car. I think that's cool. But there, there is, there does seem to be a level for me where it's it's almost like where does a mountain begin, right? You can't really tell where, like, is it just a hill? Is this the mountain? Like, what's going on here? Is this just um, where there's one level of, hey, I watch it occasionally which I'm like, okay, yeah, that's definitely fine, you know? And then you have these people who will never miss a game, no matter what. If they have to miss church, something with their family, whatever, doesn't matter. They're never going to miss a game. They're always wearing clothes with it on. It's on their car. It's on whatever. And, like, there is a point where I'm like, that is definitely idol worship at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I and it's like, I, I have to question, where do, where do I fall on this, right? Like, my mm-hmm. car has the arrow. I have a couple of shirts. I don't like to miss a game. I, I don't think there is a clear this is now idol worship once you cross this line kind of thing. But it's something I think we should all be cautious of, maybe. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, it's something that anyone struggles with, with anything they like. Um, to me, idol worship is where you your main source of happiness or whatever comes from that. So like if the team, if your favorite team loses and like you are just it affects you in a way that it shouldn't. That to me can be a little idol worship. But I think what's unfair, at least to geek culture in general, is that uh, football isn't seen as idol worship. It's considered part of the culture. Like, for instance, as many of you know, I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man, huge fan of those movies. And I tell people that and they're like, how how can you do that and be a Christian? And and you're 32. How can you like how can you like something that uh is for kids. And I'm like, well, football's supposed to be a game. And I thought games were for kids. And, but they're like, well, that's different. Everyone goes there. It's a lot of fun. So there's this really crazy line that football is considered not idol worship because it's something that you just do, whether as something, whether it be Dungeons and Dragons or watching Avatar or doing something that's considered geek is seen in a different light. And I just think that's not fair. And that retrospect, yeah, I think it's funny that we're just now bringing that up that we're like, this counts as geek stuff. But like, to me, it's just so evidently the same. <laughs> like it is like when it I see really someone is. decked out with a Captain America hat, Captain America shirt going to the Captain America movie. I don't yep. see him any differently than I do someone with a Florida State hat and a Florida State coat going to the Florida State game. I'm like, that is the same thing. Yeah. 
when you see a Spider-Man guy, you're going to be like, hey, do you see No Way Home? What do you think of that? Or if you saw, like, again, a Wisconsin shirt or Florida State shirt, like, wow, you are so cool, man. It's about about on the greatest. And <laughs> and those are definitely yeah. can be used for good things, like football or geek culture can be used to bring people closer to Christ, which is great. But again, there's that line where if you cross it, then it can be it can be not good. But that's with anything in life that you yeah. put ahead of God. I think we should point everybody to another episode we did. It's the first episode of this podcast where Dan led and talked about what is idol worship. We're going so back. He talked about that. Yeah, he talked about that in, uh, in pretty good, pretty good terms there, I feel like. Um, now, I will say one thing. Um, if it's Clemson, it's idol worship. Just period. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just don't like Clemson. Oh, Oh man, is that I'm I'm getting close to toxic fandom. I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, guys. Just so you, know. I get you, I get you. But I mean, sometimes it happens. Oh. Like this wasn't with college football, but um, I'm a huge Packers fan as well, especially up in Wisconsin country. And I'm just bringing this up because Minnesota oh, yeah. Vikings fans hate us. Like not all of them, but some of them hate us. <laughs> like I was in I was in Minnesota at a thrift store. And it was a really cool thrift store. I can't remember the name of it, but they had these like green and yellow Adidas shoes that looked like Packers shoes. I'm like, oh, it's so cool. And I'm like, what are those? And I'm like, yeah, we're selling them for 30 bucks. I'm like, what size are they? They're size 13. Oh, I'm a size 10 and a half. That's too big. Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. That's why I want it. And the guy just started cussing at me. Like he lost oh, his man. mind at the fact that I said I was a Packers fan. So from that perspective, like it's very easy, like, like what you're doing, Josh, you're playfully saying Clemson is bad, but you're not like going to be like, man, I hate you if you're a Clemson fan, but this guy had so much contempt. And that's what I'm trying to avoid is just because you say you're a fan or say you're a fan of a different geek culture or whatever. I still like you. You're you're still a good guy, but it's crazy how far people take it. One of the funniest ones to me, um, if you're in Florida is, you know, I have my car. Sometimes I have my Florida state hoodie or something. And it's so funny because depending on where you're at, you know, obviously if, you, if I see another Florida state fan, we do the chop and we do the, Oh, oh, oh. Uh, but, but <laughs> if you're in like Gator fan, what's funny is they don't say, Oh, screw you. They'll look at you and be like, yeah, screw Miami. We're like, yeah, yeah. We hate them too. <laughs> Just see if you're in Miami. The other team. Land, yeah. Yeah. And if you're in Miami, they look at you, they'd be like, man, the Gators suck. And I'm like, yeah, they do. <laughs> like what, the common ground is that we don't like those guys. Doesn't matter what part of the state you're in. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's so true. Stuff. Now, now just related to all this, what I love, at least even with football, I love to relate it to the Bible. And I know we're talking about like idol worship and what the line is and how we get to be tribal about our teams. Like this is our team, but where's the line cross? And for me, it's a definitely a Matthew six twenty four, And that says, and no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I know it talks about money in that one, but uh, definitely as far as a master, I mean, football can definitely be a master in someone's life. It can be the center of that game plan. And we kind of talked about a little bit, but Josh, how would you, if for someone that's struggling and something that they really love and that's kind of taking over God or they're kind of figuring out where the line is, 
what would your advice be to them and how to figure out what to do in that situation? Um, I say always put love first. Um, you know, we talked about Bobby Bowden earlier, how we always put relationships first to bring that back around. Right. Um, and I, I had a verse I pulled up too. It was John 13, 35. Okay. And uh, it says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Yeah. And I feel like if you put love first, right, it's so much harder to hate other people or idolize something, right? It's hard yeah. for me to idolize my video games when my wife's around because I just love my wife. That's right. You know what I mean? Like that's where happy my wife, is. happy life. <laughs> oh yeah. And I feel like the same thing's true here, right? If I yeah. love my brother and sisters in Christ, it's going to be hard to hate on them because I see them wearing a Clemson hat. <laughs> I might want to, but it'll be hard to because <laughs> I'm too busy loving them. You know? Yes. That's what I think. What, what do you think, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I just love that aspect. It's all about priorities. Like we should prioritize, prioritize others before ourselves. I mean, that's the golden rule. Do unto others the way you wouldn't be treated unto you. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to be treated by another fan like I'm a hateful guy or just because I like something, I should be hated. I mean, yeah, there's things that we're going to dislike, but that's the great part of being part of a community is that we go back and forth with each other. But the basis is that we still love each other, no matter what our differences may be with God at the center. And I say if you are struggling with it, you can reach out to me or Josh. I love helping people out, just encouraging them in that situation. But um, find a community. I mean, it could be a church. It could be like a local Bible study group or whatever the case may be. Because I've found out in situations that I've struggled with that, it's helped me overcome that and helped me when I go through that. Because it's as humans, we tend to cycle through things we struggle and not struggle with. So it is very helpful to have someone push you in the right direction so that you can also help push them in the right direction when and if they need that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we, we like to tell you guys to let us know what you're kicking out on on the Facebook and email and stuff. But that's also there for you guys to open up. You know, oh, yeah. it's a whole community, especially on our Facebook group, priests, the priest to the geeks, whole community. Everybody's posting in there, reading each other's stuff. It's pretty active. Yeah. And I want to encourage people, like, if you are struggling with something, let the, let the community know, you know, that's a safe place. So, yeah. The email's safe and private also. Yeah, most definitely. If you're looking for private. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're always looking to pray for you guys, so I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Dan? Or? Um, not that I can think of. I, mean, I could talk for another hour, but we got to make sure it's an adequate <laughs> amount of time. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I think that was really good topics. We just do the wrap-up and... Uh, go from there or recommendations or whatever, whatever we want to do. (laughs) Like he said, it is now time for the wrap up. Dan, what do you have anything you would like to recommend for everybody today? Um, I definitely do. Um, I'll do two different things. One related to football, one related to our love of geek culture. Um, you brought it up earlier, Josh, about the Dadgum Legend shirt. Um, that's actually off of a website called, uh, let's see, um, breakingt.com. So breaking, B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G, and then just the letter T.com. And what's great is they keep uh, updating their 
library of modern sports culture. So there was a game where a guy, an offensive lineman caught the football and there was this big 300 pound guy running for a touchdown. And they actually have a picture of him flipping like he did in the game. So that was a lot of fun. And they have the dadgum legend shirt with his hat that he always wore. (laughs) And they recently posted like their top shirts they sold in 2021. And I think that was number one or number two. Just it just shows how much love there was for him as well. And those are where also I got shirts when the Bucks won the championship back in July. That's uh basketball, which is my favorite sport to watch. But they 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 come out with new shirts almost every week. It's a lot of fun. And then as far from a geek side, um, just recently moved into a house and we need to find some pictures to hang up. And we found this really cool thing called Sandgrain Studios. Um, found it through a Facebook ad, Facebook page, and they take they take movies like Avengers and Captain America: Winter Soldier and uh, Spider Verse and turn it into modern art, and it is the coolest thing I have ever seen. We ordered um, Harry Potter; it has all seven movies, um, the Spider Verse, and. Uh, and uh, we also ordered something else. Oh, yeah, we ordered Guardians of the Galaxy because it's all five of the Guardians on top of the tape cassette that they get at the end of the movie. And it is so cool, so much fun. So if you find anything you like, just share it in the group. And I'm excited to see what you guys like from those websites. Nice, nice. Uh, for my recommendations, I'm going to do the same thing he did. I'll do a football and then a more classic geek thing. Um, it is the Bowden Dynasty by Charles Barnes uh, talks all about some of those tough decisions Bobby made, how he built Florida state and the ACC from nothing and just the relationship aspect of who he was Um, great book, um, which, you know, I do got to say, you know, Clemson, all these other teams that we played throughout the year, they all did their own video tribute to Bobby Bowden throughout the year. And it's just been so cool seeing that. Um, It's just a side note. I do appreciate that Clemson. You're not all bad. Um, <laughs> and then uh, for my geek one, it is a book. I don't remember who the author is off the top of my head, but it's called after Alice. Um, the same person who wrote wicked, who does like the after Oz kind of stuff. Oh, nice. He wrote what happens after Alice in Wonderland. And it's, it's a really nice read. So I just want to recommend that to everybody. I know it's two books. I like to read, get over it. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, we do want to let you guys know where you can find us and follow us online. Um, again, I'm Joshua Knoll. If you just look up the whole church podcast, you can find us pretty much anywhere. I'm on Twitter. Also, if you go to systematicecology.org, you can hit host and click on my name. You can click on Dan's name, whoever, and you'll see all the episodes that we're in. So, Dan, where else can they find you? Um, you can find me on my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash finish last podcast. Um, I am the host of finish last, like I said earlier, which is a show where we focus on how to live like Jesus in the modern world. Um, we're picking back up again with more guests um, and more solo episodes as well. Just focusing on, on how, how Jesus would be in this modern culture and how we can serve our lives better in that, in that scenario. So just fantastic i also have a twitter at finish last pod and instagram finish last podcast as well nice 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 and next episode we're going to be talking about the book of boba fett show uh, that's on disney plus with host will rose and 
TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. <laughs> uh, go to our website in the description to let us know what you've been geeking out on and to let us know what we should be geeking out on. And remember, guys, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priest. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.